Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Crucible. Welcome to Sheffield. Welcome to the 14th Children's Media Conference. Your reaction says it all. This conference is something we as a community put together. The community of children's content makers, distributors, researchers, and many others engage with the children's media world. This year, 1,165 of you are here to discuss the way you work, what the audience receives, and how we interact with them. This evening, we're really thrilled that Alice Webb and James Purnell will share with us their vision of how the BBC is going to take children's media forward in the next 10 years. This morning, BBC Director General Tony Hall announced that the BBC will be investing an additional £34 million in children's content and services over the next three years. News about additional funding is always hugely significant. And this evening is the first chance anyone has had to question Alice and James on the detail of this announcement. We're honored that they've chosen this forum to outline how their plans for the future affect us all, and of course, the children's audience. They'll be, they'll be questioned afterwards, or be led in conversation with Nihal Arthur Niake, who, who is the host of BBC Radio 5 Live's Afternoon Edition, broadcasts on the Asian network, and was previously with Radio 1. But much more importantly, he's also appeared on CBB's Bedtime Stories, reading Tiny Saurus. Yeah, this one? Okay, uh, hello everyone, my name's Nihal uh, Arthur Nayaka. Um, my real surname is Smith, but I just did off and I get to wind Sue up. Um, it, uh, it worked. Um, okay, um, you might remember me from uh, CBB's Bedtime Stories, Dogs Don't Do Ballet. Tinysaurus wasn't my greatest one. Uh, Dogs Don't Do Ballet was much better. Um, after that, many people thought of me as the thinking person's Tom Hardy. Mm. Now, now, okay, I'm uh, a kind of invigilator stroke host for this evening. Uh, that essentially means that um, two guests I'm about to announce on stage are gonna give some speeches, and then it's open to you guys to do Q&A, so please think of your questions. If you had questions beforehand, uh, then all good. Uh, one rule about Q&As is it's not an excuse for you to do a 10-minute polemic about how much you hate the BBC. Uh, as you all know, Mail Online's comment section is for that. So, um, stick to that. Um, so, very, very clearly, have a question. Be concise, ask that question a bit more in the style of Andrew Neil than Jeremy Paxman, because we haven't got all night uh, to be here and do it. So, without any further ado, I will uh, introduce uh, onto the stage, firstly, the director of BBC Children's and uh, boss of BBC North. Ladies and gentlemen, a whole heap of noise, Rallis Webb. Thank you.
Uh, next up, we have the Director of Radio and uh, Education uh, at the BBC and the most senior uh, Arsenal supporter at the BBC, uh, James Pennell, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, thank you, Nihal. Uh, thank you, uh, Jeremiah, uh, for that brilliant uh, introduction. Uh, I'm sure you know that the, uh, the work that you started at Radio 1 is, is still going, and we've now taken that as a, an inspiration. We're also going to build uh, a sort of under-30s staff executive group to help us with, with strategy. So it's something that is, is growing and growing. So thank you for everything that you did, uh, you did with us. Uh, it's great to be here again this year and to be here as uh, Alice Webb's warm-up act, which I'm, I feel very privileged to, uh, to be. Um, it's particularly great to be here because this is a, an important and exciting day for uh, the BBC and especially for BBC Children's. And we're both delighted to be here to be able to give you the details on what we announced this morning because, as I'm sure you've all seen, BBC Children's was very much in the headlines uh, this morning and we've been talking about it as a core, core plank of our annual plan. Uh, this is the first time that we've published a, an annual plan like this. It's something that we are required to do by our new charter, but actually it's something that we welcome because it's a fantastic opportunity to talk about what we'll be doing uh, this year and for people to feedback and for that to then influence what we, what we eventually do. So as part of that annual plan, uh, we've announced the biggest investment in children's content at the BBC in their generation. Uh, an extra 34 million pounds over three years, over and above existing budgets. Now, as you know, this is a time of pressure on budgets at the, uh, at the BBC, so it's a huge credit to the work of everybody at BBC Children's that uh, there's been that vote of confidence, and in particular, a real testament to the way that Alice has been leading BBC Children's for, uh, for the last year. So thank you for, thank you for that. So just to give you the, the figures, that means that by 2019-20, the whole uh, budget for BBC Children's will be 124.4 million. Uh, that's up from 110 million today. So 14.4 million in total by the end and 34 million over the three, three years. So what does it mean in practice? Well, what it means in practice is that we can fund an enhanced offer for BBC Children's, more money for content, for interactivity, for our products, but it means that we can do that over and above what we're doing today, and therefore sustain our children's television channels, sustain CBBS and CBBC. It builds on a, a very positive story for BBC Children's, with CBBC and CBBS being the most popular channels uh, in, for children in the UK. We know that children and parents continue to value uh, them as linear channels, and that's why we believe they'll continue to have an important uh, role to play in our, our four plans, and indeed by the end of this decade, they'll still be accounting for three quarters of what we spend in children's. And it also means that we can sustain the breadth of what we do. Uh, animation, but also drama, documentaries, news, the full range of content that BBC Children's has always done. This announcement today uh, responds to Ofcom's consultation document in which they increase the uh, quotas that we uh, are under for both CBBS and CBBC. 
And it's also a response to the uh, consultation and the audience research that they've done uh, in the last few weeks. People may have seen the, the document they published on, on distinctiveness, and I think we were particularly delighted to see some of the quotes that uh, came through from that uh, work from the audience about uh, children's TV at the BBC. Um, to give you one quote, participants across different generations agreed that the quality of BBC children's TV was high, particularly in comparison to other providers. They valued its educational content and as an alternative to American shows, both for children today and for its role in their own childhood. We couldn't have put that better. But we were particularly pleased to see the commitment of BBC Children's to diversity coming back from the audience, something that they had noticed and were playing back to us. So, again, to quote Ofcom, there were some examples of positive moves by the BBC to improve its diversity. Participants cited examples such as having a BBC Children's TV presenter with disabilities and programmes covering transgender issues. That commitment to diversity is really important to us, as you'll have seen in the fantastic trail that's on air at the moment for CBBS. Everyone's welcome. So there's lots to celebrate, and that investment is coming on the back of a real record of success. But that investment is also a recognition that there are real challenges in the market and that it is changing ever faster, as everyone here will know. With a move away from uh, traditional platforms, with children being agnostic about how they get their content, with the growing importance of social experiences and their desire for choice and control over what they consume. BC Children's has been making changes in response to this for, for a long time. Uh, the, the Playtime app, the Storytime app, the way that iPlayer and iPlayer Kids have already become a destination for kids, uh, for kids' content. But we believe that this is the time to go even further. According to research done by Viacom, parents are responding to the way that content and the market is changing by moving from trying to restrict content to putting more emphasis on giving children the tools and the resilience to be able to, uh, to act themselves. 68% believe that one of the most important lessons for any child is how to do things for themselves. So you'll see in our plans in response to that very trend, a commitment to uh, not just focus on the consumption, but also to give children the ability to interact, to explore, to create, to do more, to share, always with the purpose of helping the next generation gain the skills they need to prosper in the future. Most importantly, the new investment will ensure that the BBC's commitment to informing, educating, and entertaining will be one that we can deliver for all children in the next few years. So while the BBC Children's Channels will continue to receive the majority of the BBC budget, children's budget, this new investment will enable us to increase our online spend from 13 million this year to 31.4 million in 1920. In other words, we will be spending an additional 18.4 million online by 2020. And so to give you more details about that, I'll now introduce Alice. Thank you very much. Thanks, James. Um, two years ago, 
Blimey how that has flown by. I had my first public outing as the director of BBC Children's here at CMC. You all made me incredibly welcome. And 18 months ago, I set out a new plan for the BBC in terms of what we want to do for children. So it feels incredibly appropriate for us to be here today to talk about what we're going to do with this new injection of money. But I know I can hear some of you saying, and that would be really boring if you just went and talked about that. Can't you show us some shows first? So yes, absolutely, because the most important thing is not what we're talking about here, it's what goes on on the screen, on many size different screens for our young audience. So um, before we talk about the future, let's look at what the, the present looks like for BBC Children's. This is the Earth, our home. A tiny wet planet lost and alone in the vast silence of space. I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths. Achilles and his gold, Achilles and his gifts. Spider-Man's control, and Batman with his fist. As Donald Trump prepares to move into there, that's the White House. Sadly, my mum died on the 21st of August. Some superhero, some fairy tale bliss. Just something I can turn to, somebody I can kiss. I want something just like this. My favourite feature is my smile. My bright blue eyes. My height. I don't need to reach to get things off the top shelf. Oh, I want something just like this.
I'll see you soon for another bedtime story. Till then, night-night. Now, I know I'm biased, but I actually feel really emotional watching that, seeing the whole breadth of what we do. I am honoured to be the director of BBC Children's, which I think is the best department in the BBC, and I'm honoured to work with many of my colleagues who are here in the rooms uh, uh, this evening. So um, thank you to all of you. So let me talk about what we're going to do with the extra money. And by the way, I haven't done this before with this and this, so we'll see how this goes. So it is worth reiterating, £34 million of new money is really the largest injection of cash into children's uh, inner generation, which is an astonishing achievement. And right through what seemed like a very long charter process for us, we told you that children were a priority for the BBC, and I hope today's announcement is evidence of that in practice. It's really important that with this money that we have secured, it means that we can carry on doing two things. We can protect our two TV channels, which, as James has already told you, continue to be the most popular, most loved in the UK, that's CBeebies and CBBC, but at the same time, we can invest in an online future too. It makes a reality, a funded reality, of the riding two horses strategy that you've heard us talk about before. But where, before I go on to talk about what that digital future looks like, I do want to reiterate one thing and be very clear about the continued importance of CBBS and CBBC. They are the most popular. And as that showreel demonstrates the breadth and the range and the quality and I think the distinctiveness of what we do means that they are, you know, and the fact that they are packed full of homegrown UK content, much of which is provided by you here in this auditorium this evening, means that they are there with us for a long time to come. And as long as children and parents are watching them and valuing them, they will be with us. However, it's true, as we all know, any of us who are interested in the children's media industry, that our world is changing faster, and faster than that of the grown-up industry. More choice than ever before, different expectations from our young and digitally dynamic audience about they, how they consume things, and indeed the fact that they expect to be in the driving seat and make their own choices. But I've been very clear that in order for us to keep up, and indeed we must keep up at the BBC with our young audience, we are going to have to make some difficult choices. We are going to have to change and we're going to have to be bold. And that's what we are talking about this evening. So I want to tell you a little bit about what those choices mean for us and for our audiences. I want to tell you a little bit about how we're going to change our content about how we're going to change the way we distribute it. And indeed, I want to tell you about new ways that we're going to enable our audience to interact with our content, how we want them to create, to connect, and to share. So first of all, let me talk a little bit about our content. We are hugely proud, and I know many of you are too, of the range and the quality of our content, and that distinctiveness too. But with so much competition out there in the market and an ever-crowded place, we need to make sure that our content stands out from that crowd, that children can find it. We need to work harder, let's be honest, to cut through. And as I've often put it, to make sure we're making noisy content. So yes, we will continue to commission exceptional television series, but we are going to make fewer of them, and they will be bigger, and we think better for it. For these fewer standout brands, we will make content that lives in all the different places that children expect. 
on TV, on demand, online, via apps, on social. A genuinely multi-platform approach to our brands that enables to children to engage with their favorite characters, their favorite stories all year round, not just when we have new TV episodes to release. It may mean that we have fewer brands, but as James has already said, our commitment to the range of what we provide for a young audience is not diminished. We will still cover the full range and breadth of genre for our audience. And you can see that in the incredible raft of new commissions we announced for CBBC this week. Bear with me while I take you on a little guided tour of some of those commissions in case you miss them because they will give you a feeling of the strength and depth of what we're talking about. Our drama slate will continue to be strong with new commissions for The Worst Witch, for Hetty Feather, for The Dumping Ground, and they'll be joined by a brand new series called Creeped Out, which is a 13-part anthology combining sci-fi adventure, suspense, fantasy, and mystery to thrill and possibly scare some of our youngest of viewers. I personally am looking forward to our latest adaptation of uh, Jacqueline Wilson's book, Katie, and indeed a deeply powerful and moving drama called Joe All Alone. Comedy and entertainment are looking strong too with returning series for Class Dismissed, Four O'Clock Club, Diddy TV, How To Be Epic, Sam and Mark's Friday Wind Up and The Dengineers. And of course, there will be more Danger Mouse. How could there not be more Danger Mouse? And Marrying, marrying Mum and Dad. It doesn't help if I just skipped over 14 slides all in one go. <laughs> yeah, I knew this thing was a bad idea. Ooh, bear with. Okay, I could just commission a few more things while I'm here if we're at it. Right, okay, yeah. Uh, so, alongside our entertainment and comedy, we've got brand new factual commission built by Beyond Bionic, where we will see if we can match and in some cases beat the powers of animals using engineering and ingenuity. And we're bringing back children's adventure show Raven, which I'm personally deeply excited. We're filming that up in Scotland with our in-house team up there. And of course, we are, there will be more taking the next step plus new gory games, new remotely funny, new got what it takes, the list goes on, and a brand new series called Ali A's Superchargers. Oh, I've done it again. This is not going well. Uh, which is Ali A's Superchargers. It's a new show about transforming your car, which puts children in charge of transforming the family vehicle, of course, with no input from their parents. How much trouble can we get into? I imagine loads with that as well. We've got Fear Falls, which is a futuristic game show where contestants control avatars and navigate cyborg starships whilst completing complex challenges. Yes, they really do, to conquer um, malevolent overlords. It is completely unique and nothing like the BBC, I can promise you. Uh, not to mention, of course, another show that's incredibly dear to my heart, ninth series of the acclaimed My Life documentary series. And it's not just on CBBC that we have some exceptional shows, it's CBBC too. We'll be taking preschoolers on a journey through the complex world of emotions with feeling better. Our amazing little cooks will be creating global recipes in My World Kitchen. Biggleton is a live, a new live action series in which young cast members role play different grown up jobs, stretching their imagination and finding out what it means to be part of a community. Look out for Waffle the Wonder Dog. It's a pioneering new comedy for our smallest audience that tells the tales of the world's worst puppy. And we've got Gudrun the, uh, Gudrun the Viking Princess 
which is a brand new docudrama series mixing wildlife and landscapes with Viking history and a rich family of characters. And I know many of you heard this, but it's worth repeating that I'm delighted that we will be bringing back Apple Tree House, which is our gorgeous CBeebies drama. That will be coming back for a second series. And indeed, we've already commissioned a second series, a program that's going to be so special that we just felt we had to have more. It's incredible and unique. It is Pablo, which follows a five-year-and-a-half-year-old boy as he works through the challenges of autism. It's due to air later this year, and I know you will love it. And indeed, those are no there are no better illustrations of Kay Bembo. I think she's up there somewhere. Her incredible vision there, she is waving, of, for CBBs, and particularly her bold ambition uh, for bringing live action drama to our preschool audience. So our content will continue to be as powerful as ever and as cross as many genres as, uh, as today. But we will make some tough decisions too, and we will have to be a bit more ruthless about some of the shows that are able to return. This will mean that we ensure that our smaller number of titles have room to breathe and make a bigger impact with our audience. And that we can make sure that as well as funding television episodes, we are fully funding a multi-platform offer, just as kids would expect. That might be more iPlayer exclusives, not just episodes on iPlayer, but actually additional extras, digital extras. That might be online fan clubs like we do with Blue Peter now. Or that might be apps for some of our biggest titles, games, quizzes, podcasts, you name it. Your imaginations are probably the limit of the things that we are interested in doing, and of course, social media too. But I also hope it means that we will be going longer as well as shorter with feature-length family films of some of our biggest hits, just as we did with Hank Zipser's uh, Christmas show from Kindle at the end of last year. And look out for announcements of big new live events for our audience. One of the things that stands out in a world of digital is the opportunity for our young audience to engage firsthand with our brands, with the characters they love, and we look to be doing more of that in the future. And one more thing about our content that's going to change, we're going to step up our commitment to teenagers, up to the age of 16. I felt for a while now that beyond our wonderful education office, office of BBC Bite Size, that audience between the age of 13 and 16 risk falling between the gap between mainstream BBC channels, of which much of the content they love, and our much-loved children's channels. So we're going to start commissioning content specifically for young teenagers. We'll do this by allowing some of our existing characters and shows to grow up, to grow up with our audience, if you like. And we're already starting to do that. Look out for more My Lifes and Operation Ouch, focusing on older issues like young people's mental health and alcohol. Tackling issues that are important to our audience is dear to our heart, and we will do that for the younger teenagers as well as for CBBS and CBBC fans. And in addition to stretching some of our existing brands, I've asked Cheryl Taylor to look for innovative, impactful commissions that will meet the needs of 12 to 16-year-old audience. Those coming-of-age dramas, Shows that share the growing pains of, those, of that young audience. Comedy and powerful factual content. Content that may play out on social media, on third-party platforms, as well as on our own platform. Content that lives, that hangs out with our audience where they are, as well as on our BBC platforms, because they're with us there too. If that's a little bit about our content, let me talk to you about how we're going to deliver that content, because that matters 
increasingly to our audience. Children expect their favorite programs and content to be delivered whenever, wherever they want it. And that's exactly what we're going to do more of. We'll be working hard to ensure that our most popular content is always on, just as children expect, entirely on demand and personalized. Since I set out our plans an initial 18 months ago, we have successfully launched iPlayer Kids, and I can tell you it has been a phenomenon. It's been downloaded more than 1.3 million times. It is incredibly loved and well used by those people who are connected with it iPlayer and iPlayer Kids are no longer a catch-up service for our audience. They are a destination in their own right and as important as our two TV channels. And we're having loads of fun with these platforms. I hope you didn't miss our announcement last week that we are stacking all 93, yes, 93 episodes of Tracy Beaker on iPlayer that will soon be available all at the same time. That means we can bring an old friend to new audiences on a digital platform. And look out for further bumper box sets on iPlayer too. Next year, you can expect to see a simpler sign-in for children. An important step in being able to offer truly personal BBC for each and every child in the UK. Not only will sign-in enable us to make recommendations based on a child's interest or passions, but it will enable us to do something that I've been talking about, about unlocking the whole of the BBC for kids. Joining up content from right across the BBC that is safe, that is in a safe and trusted place on iPlayer. Our audience isn't bothered whether content is made by BBC Children's or indeed whether it's commissioned by us and made by independents. They love content from right across the BBC, so why couldn't um, Doctor Who, for the right ages, sit right next to, let's say, Wolfblood in the future? Well, it will. We're also going to forge new partnerships right across the BBC to connect for the benefit of children, just as we've done with joining up with Radio 5 Live, creating the UK's first ever football podcast for children, off the back of the popularity of our footballing drama, Jamie Johnson. And finally, we seek to reach older children, teenagers, through social media, taking our content to where we know they're increasingly spending their time. Importantly, ensuring that those spaces are also the home for quality, public service, UK, age-appropriate, digitally native content. Okay, so if that's content and distribution, we also think the third thing that's very important to our audience and important to us is that we make sure we're offering children the opportunity to interact and connect with that content in ways that they want to. So I've talked about the fact we're going to stop doing some things we currently do and we're going to start to do some completely new things. And, and that also uh, uh, applies to the way that we will reach children. Our programs have always encouraged participation. It's something that's very important to us, and they still do. Indeed, this year you will have seen, hopefully, that Blue Peter's viewers, um, they designed the official mascot of the summer IAAF World and World Paralympic um, uh, Athletics Championship. No doubt you will see the way that Newsround is changing its online offer to engage children with interactive guides, classroom activities, and visual new formats. We already engage children with Safer Internet Day. We love getting them with our colleagues in BBC Learning, engaged with terrific scientific, so we can inspire a generation of scientists. And we want to do more to get children involved. 
The important thing for us is that as we reach out further and connect to children, we are helping them to be creative digital citizens and not just passive consumers. For example, our hugely successful CBeebies Playtime Island app is encouraging children to play and learn creatively with new games and characters designed and influenced by children themselves. This year, we've grown the popularity of CBeebies Storytime app by including five exclusive stories developed and read by Sir David Attenborough. The older end of the audience is benefiting too from enhanced commitment to, our enhanced commitment to interactivity. This year, you'll see the new Worst Witch game, which sees fans learning how to mix potions and solve mysteries, while a digital adventure lets fans of the dumping ground grow their problem-solving skills by fixing real-life dilemmas. The Next Step game helps the audience progress through the dance school by showing kindness, by looking after themselves and working hard. And a new series of Wolfblood digital comics offer key extensions to key storylines and character profiles. And we're also planning new Operation Ouch, Horrible Histories and Dennis the Menace apps to entertain children in between TV episodes. You may have noticed, uh, those of you who are uh, out there in the digital marketplace, that we're more active in the digital market too. We recently put out six new projects to tender. These include a new learning app for CBeebies, a new creativity app for CBeebies, both of which will offer trusted, quality educational experiences for the under fives, linked to early years framework, supporting literacy and numeracy, as well as inspiring digital creativity. Also on our digital shopping list is a new CBBC app packed full of fun, short form content, memes, animated GIFs, and ways to get involved in daily UGC challenges. And I can announce tonight that that project has been won by Chunk, the Glasgow-based digital agency, and we're really looking forward to working with them to bring that project to life later this year. The new investment announced today means that we can build on our existing digital offer and deliver these exciting plans, enabling our audience to create, to connect, and to share. We're determined to find new innovative ways to inform, educate, and entertain our children's audience. And these new interactive capabilities will do just that. So that's our new strategy, the three planks of that. We're going to change what we make, we're going to change the way we distribute it, and we're going to change and increase the opportunities for children to interact with our content. But before I go, there are two further important points that I want to share with you about the role of BBC Children's in the UK. The first of those two points is about the fact that BBC Children's will continue to be a trusted guide for children and for their parents too. You've heard me say before that I am proud, indeed honoured, that we are the media organisation that children and their parents trust the most. We don't take that for granted. We will uh, build on that legacy of trust. That means we will continue to tackle any subject in ways that our audience will understand it without causing worry, confusion or fear. And that implies as much online, if not more, than it does on our traditional television offer. And we'll continue to support grown-ups with our CBeebies uh, grown-ups offer, building on the wealth of resource available online to help them as their child grows and develops. And this year, we're also making a new major commitment to keeping kids safe online. 
We already pay an active role in industry, with charities, with audience groups and more, using our influence and trust wherever we can for the good of children. We have recently launched a new initiative under the working title of Stay Safe to help children develop competency, confidence and resilience in digital spaces. We'll help kids become healthy, creative digital citizens to understand their rights and develop the critical awareness and judgment they need to help them assess the content and platforms they access. The primary audience for this is children under the age of 13. But to reach them, we also are going to engage parents and teachers too. Collaboration is at the heart of our initiative and our ambition is that Stay Safe brings together both digital safety and literacy content from right across the BBC, but also from key external partners and stakeholders. And early in December, Manchester will host the Children's Global Media Summit. This summit happens once every three years, the last of which was held in Kuala Lumpur. I'm thrilled that the BBC has been invited by the organisers to be the curator of the content and programme for that event. The summit will bring together a unique gathering right across the globe of content creators, platform providers and policy makers, debating and progressing the role of children's media in five areas. We're going to be looking at empowerment. How do we give children a greater voice on the global stage? Education. Is it time for a global curriculum? Innovation, how can we make things better for children? Freedom, how can we genuinely achieve freedom for children online? And entertainment, for example, what is it in the digital age and why does it matter? We are currently lining up a really exciting and inspiring range of speakers from across the globe who all share a commitment to quality media for children. We've already announced that our Director General, Tony Hall, will be there speaking. Andy Yateman from Netflix will be there. Jeff Dunn, the Chief uh, Executive of Sesame Workshop, will be speaking at the summit. And this evening, I can exclusively announce to this audience here that Richard Scudamore, who is the Chief Executive of the English Football Premier League, will also be speaking at the summit on subjects of entertainment, global franchises, the power of role models, and engaging a young audience. We would like to see as many of you as possible join us there at the summit at what we hope will be a watershed moment in the shaping of children's media and young people's rights in the digital age. Details are obviously on the screen behind me. And finally, my last point, it's a very important point, is to simply reaffirm our commitment that BBC Children's is for here for every child in the UK. And that means we must be holding a mirror up to our rich, diverse, and vibrant country. As I've said before, our ambition is that every child sees someone like them on our, in our content, reflecting and celebrating their lives, the lives of their community, and helping them make sense of the world around them. We're living through a turbulent period, and our role in helping children to feel that they belong and to celebrate difference has perhaps never been more important. Fortunately for us, we start with an incredible advantage, the kids themselves. As always, we can learn so much from how they see the world and each other. I'm sure many of you have seen the CBeebies trailer, maybe not all of you. I think we should take a moment because I promise you this is the most positive, encouraging two minutes you'll see this year. So let's take a look at some of those fabulous children. Thank you. 
What makes you two different from each other? Um... I used to not like letters, but now I like letters. I do not like letters at all. Lucy loves tomato sauce, and I, I do like it, but I don't like love it as much as Lucy. Don't have the same. Our author is down the hill, and I no, live down I the hill. No, I live up the hill. No, I have smaller toes than Artie. Eddie, I like Scooter and Chips, and I like sushi. And they're different. She never stops talking. We've got different hair. He, um, Lucian has, that doesn't have squirrels in the roof. We have squirrels mm. in the leaf, roof, so we can't watch television that much because it's biting all the wires. Both. I'm good at gymnastics and, and, and Kaylee May is good at swimming. I'm not good at dancing. I am. You're defender and I'm defender. No, I'm not anyone. I used to be, no, I'm not. No, we're not, what? Good at counting and I'm good at hiding. <laughs> and Matthew's he's, good he's at... He's better at Tig. And, Math and Matthew's good at um, staying in den. When it comes to difference, children see things differently. Do you have anything else to say? No. CBeebies. Everyone's welcome. So there you go. That's our strategy. And as of today, with the additional £34 million, it is a fully funded strategy. And thank you to so many of you in this room who you make what we do possible to each and every one of you. And those are the things I wanted to share with you this evening. James. So. <clears throat> I just wanted to finish by thanking all of you for all the help you gave us in, in Charter Review. Uh, this investment in this strategy is only possible because there was a positive outcome to the Charter and because we were given the funding to make those plans possible. Uh, that was only made possible by the support from the industry and in particular on children's. It was a, a vocal and very committed uh, campaign and I hope that you see today as a real testament and reward for all of that effort that you, that you put in. So we're now really looking forward to uh, answering your questions. Thank you very much. Right, uh, we need to probably get the lights up a little bit so we can see everyone. Um, we're going to start here. So we've got three sections, we've got this section, we've got this section, we've got that section. So if you want to put your hands up, who wants to ask a question, of either Alice or James. Wow, you were that blown away by uh, every, uh, everything has been answered already. Anyone wants to ask a question? Right, we've got someone, well, we, we'll do it very differently then, because no one here gives a shit uh, over this side. Right, um, uh, they've just walked into the completely wrong convention. Um, lady right up there with her hand in the air. Hi, it's Catherine Russian from the Daily Mail. Um, hey! Well, first of all, I wanted hey! to uh, Brilliant. thank you for your thanks for my support in running the campaign to boost your licence fee. Um, 
I have two questions, uh, one for James, one for Alice. James, um, there's been some discussion today about 13 to 16-year-olds falling through the gap. I know this is a children's conference, which in this world means under 16, but do you think the BBC has made any mistakes when catering to slightly older viewers? The, it sucked 30 million out of BBC Three. Recent Ofcom research said lots of, lots of that age group don't know that BBC Three now exists online and they don't think it's for them. And Alice, um, I just blanked on what I was going to ask you. Can I answer your question, your first one, and yep. then you can... Look, it was a difficult decision, but you, know, you saw BBC Three winning Channel of the Year, the RTS. We are learning so much from that move online that we wouldn't have otherwise learned. And although we knew that there would be a dip from closing BBC Three as a linear channel, we also knew that a, a linear channel was never going to be the solution in the long run. It's allowed us to put lots of money into BBC One, which has meant that actually BBC One's had an amazing year with, with young people. Uh, but it is part of exactly the strategy we're talking about today, which is how can we reinvent what we're doing by making new types of content, distributing them in, in new ways, and I think it will, it will be seen in the end as a, a key turning point in the BBC reinventing itself in that way. So, yes, a difficult decision, yes, some downsides, but it was the right one for the future. Thanks. And Alice, I've remembered. Um, so you touched on the importance of uh, building up the education proposition, which will, for ancient people like me, ring bells with the BBC Jam, which was axed, costing 150 million, because uh, it upset education publishers that you were treading on their turf. How is this going to be different? Yeah, look, I, I genuinely think this is really different. We, uh, our content allows kids to Laughs they learn, it's about entertaining them. We have uh, a fabulous uh, BBC Bite Size offer, for, uh, which is our main education offer, which is run by um, our learning departments. And they are the ones who are most keenly engaged with the, and indeed, James, you might want to talk about them because they sit in your world. So this is, this is different in terms of this is us actually just extending what we already do. This isn't about treading on anyone else's toes. This is about enhancing what we already do. So I feel like it is genuinely different from BBC Jam. Yeah, I think we've learned the lessons from, from Jam. I think there were... Um, some ways in which uh, that could have been handled better, which actually we try to address in this charter. And as a consequence of that, the government have given us a, it's one of our five purposes, a requirement to do more for formal learning as well as informal learning. But as with kids, we always try and do that in partnership with the industry and find, it, find a way of having a win-win. So with the investment we're announcing today, you know, we think we mean, that means we can help develop skills in the industry, we can create demand by having great content, having kids love British, uh, British content, and it's worth remembering that there will be, for content uh, uh, that we commission, 100% contestability. So that is something that's open to the whole of the, uh, the independent sector as well. So we always want to do it in a way that's a win-win for the, uh, the private sector and for the BBC and for audiences. Okay. Uh, okay, are we going to get... Okay, this gentleman here, going to the middle section. Keep thinking. Hi, uh, Robin Parker, Broadcast. Um, keeping on that older children uh, area, in terms of how this compares with the kind of noises that have come out from Channel 4 in recent times, where they've been quite explicit about reaching older children through family viewing, through 8pm shows, how much is this about their own space? How much is this about things that they can watch and talk about with parents? 
And what you've mentioned some of the CBBC brands you may take to that older audience. How do you kind of consider which ones of those will work that might still resonate with that audience and not be thought of as too young or uncool? Look, the simple answer to that is actually we are led by our audience. So it was one of the things that Jeremiah talked about right back at the beginning, which was, you know, talk to children. Um, one of the things many of you know, we do something called stepping out, where we go into classrooms, and indeed we get kids coming to talk to us every single week about what it is that they know and love. But that particular age group that you're talking about, we did some extra research with them to really ask them, what do you need and want from the BBC? And, you know, I was open to the fact they might say, thanks very much, we're fine, but no, what came back loud and clear was, we want drama that reflects our lives and our growing up. We want, we're interested in current affairs, we've got opinions, we want to be able to, um, to have things that reflect that. So those are the areas that we're starting with. To your question about where and which, so it's a combination of both, about having things which are specifically for them, but as I talked about, we are really clear, clear that this is also about connecting for children right across the BBC, and whether that's on Five Live or whether that's on BBC One, we are making those join-ups behind the scenes so that we can bring that to audience. And as for characters, Again, we see that with the storylines and the way that we get response. So you see as children grow up through the dumping ground and some of those older stories, we get deluged with children who say, why did they have to grow up and move out? You know, and indeed, I'm growing up and I would love to see what happens next. So there are some really clear indicators for us in terms of what the audience wants and we are going to be led by them. Um, this section, this lady here, the hand up. Keep your hand up, please. Someone bring a mic to you. Hi, Jeanette Steemers, King's College. Um, you said there'd be 34 million for three years. So what happens after three years? And, and secondly, um, you talked about 100% contestability and having uh, you know, commissions that kind of last longer. What happens if independent producers don't want you to have that, those programmes anymore, want to take it to Netflix or another? <laughs> Another provider. So it, we work on a, a rolling three-year three-year budget. So you know every next year we'll do the three years after uh, uh, sorry, the, the one year after this. So we'll do 2021. 20, uh, but the money that we've announced today will be built into the baseline. So we'll be starting from that higher uh, baseline and be higher by 14.4 million. Uh, clearly, that depends on the financial context at, at the time. But that money is is in the baseline going forward, and uh, that's a sort of quite a strong measure of security in BBC, BBC terms. And, and Jeanette, let me answer your second question. So um, we broadly have three types of activity. We obviously have the vast, vast majority of what we spend goes on content, and that is 100% contestable. We have um, digital, uh, projects and as you heard me talk about today we go out to the market with those and we ask we put them out for tender there as well so another form of contestability and we have some elements of what we do which actually are about um, building products and delivering platforms which sit in-house and some of that money a small percentage of the money um, goes on that too so so there is 
huge opportunity for people here in this room and farther beyond to um, you know, avail themselves of some of this new investment. It's a responsibility that we um, feel keenly and are, are you know, happy to live up to. And to your, your last point about we are part of the global media industry. We absolutely know and appreciate that. We think that the BBC brings unique things as a partner with content makers. It brings a reach that's unrivaled in this country. It brings um, you know, a, a hallmark of quality and that we enjoy building with our content partners. And, but do you know what? We are also going to be part of, and we continue to be part of that global media industry and we'll be subject to the pressures others are. Okay, uh, do we have anyone over this side yet? Yes, this lady here with her. Hi, oh, Rosina Robson from the from PACT, the Producers Association. Um, great news today about the um, additional funding. Uh, my question, of course, is one about producer rights. Um, James mentioned uh, the sort of private sector win-win, which we're always always interested in. Of course, when you could be commissioning more more in the online and the digital space, um, as you know, terms of trade don't apply to digital content. Um, so my question is, do you agree that actually the outcomes of the content would be, be better for the BBC and other broadcasters if producers have more ability to control and, uh, and exploit their own IP, which particularly for new entrants, new businesses, gives them a chance to build their IP, develop their business and um, produce more great content over time? Thank you. So as you know, we uh, supported Terms of Trade in the, in the recent review for, uh, for content overall, and uh, thank you to Pat for the support that we, we had in Charter Review, particularly over, uh, over, this, uh, over this issue. I, I think I would make a difference between Terms of Trade for content, where the BBC is you know, one of the, the main commissioners in the market overall, and overwhelmingly so in, in kids, and digital content, where actually, you know, we're very, very small by global standards in terms of how much content is being uh, uh, made for the for the internet. So there, I think it's right that the terms of trade shouldn't be extended extended to that. However, clearly, we want to work with small indies to give them the opportunity to to grow. But I think we feel that we can do that by working in partnership rather than having that regulation extended from a place where it's justified by the fact that we're a monopsony buyer to one where, you know, compared to the Amazons and the, uh, uh, the Googles of this world, we're very, very small. So uh, I think we, we've got a disagreement about that, but that's why, that's why we take a different approach. Okay, back to this side. Do we have, oh wow, we've got a number of people. This uh, lady with the red top one had her hand up earlier on. Could we get the microphone across to her, please? Thank you. Jean Kitson from Kitson Press. Um, so you, well, for CBBC, if you're extending the commissioning to 13 to 16-year-olds, you're now covering a very wide market and a very changeable market from six years old to 16. And you talked about it being a trusted channel. What are the challenges to it being a place where parents can trust the content that the children are watching? And what, what plans do you have for meeting these challenges? Yeah. Okay, I'm really glad you ask that question because it means that I wasn't clear in the way I shared our information because CBBC will still continue to be 6 to 12 for the reason that you talk about in terms of making sure that we can both make content. By the way, there are lots of over 12-year-olds who really love shows on CBBC. Um, but the great thing about 
um, the BBC is we have opportunity to offer children content on other platforms. iPlayer is obviously the first and, uh, place. So look out for that older um, content sitting on iPlayer, um, not necessarily on the channel. And it's something we're very, we're very um, uh, acutely aware of and making sure that we, we have content that is incredibly appropriate and right for the age of the audience that's going to connect with it. Uh, we have run out of time, uh, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, but uh, please, a round of applause for James Pernell and Alice Webb. And of course, Jeremiah Emmanuel as well.